this might not just be the worst episode of Roseanne. This might be the worst episode of TV, of any TV I've ever seen ever. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. How do I feel about this lady? How do I feel about Roseanne? (laughs) Hello, and welcome to a very special episode. The podcast in which we talk about episodes of TV, mostly. Uh, At this point, it's pretty much just episodes we want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) How long did that take? Like, one year or me? One episode? (laughs) It It took like six weeks or something. Um, but we know that everyone listening to this is a diehard fan of our show who listens every two weeks when we post episodes. And so you should know that we're doing our summer poll series in which we're doing bad episodes of shows that we otherwise consider good shows, or at least mostly good. So this week we will be discussing Roseanne, season two, episode eight, Sweet Dreams, in which Roseanne wanting 10 minutes alone to take a bath results in a long shitty musical sequence <laughs> it's not even a use it's like the end is a musical sequence well we're gonna we'll, yeah. we'll pick it apart yeah we'll dissect it ad nauseum it's wild what happens though you'll see i'm your host this week ryan alexander tanner joining me is a muscular man in a loincloth <laughs> david bitsenoffer <laughs> A little kid with a laser gun. Oh, <laughs> oh beat you up. Zap. Um, can you say it again for clarity? <laughs> uh, Carolyn Maine. All right. And a lady who just wants to take a bath by herself. Austin Gordon. <laughs> it felt right to skip this time because you actually are a lady who could use a bath tonight, Austin. Yeah. You I had yeah, a bummer I could, day. I could go for a, I could go for a uh, relaxing soak right now. That's true. See? You know, honestly, I didn't even pre-prepare those. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Carol got the laser gun. All right. I'll make Austin the lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into this. Also, uh, I I picked this one because I love the series of Roseanne, except for the last season, which we'll get to. And this one really stands out as a piece of shit episode. (laughs) Um, I think, really, it's the only bad episode in a long, long string of amazing episodes, and it's really bad. So that's why I picked it. Also, I picked it because, I don't know if you heard, but Roseanne's been a little bit of a topic of discussion lately. <laughs> a little bit. Ryan was like, you know what? We have too many listeners. Let's chase away some more. Uh, <laughs> is this third Roseanne uh, episode now? Or Yeah, that's the thing. Or... We're almost like the P- Blossom podcast of Roseanne episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is this is our third, but I think this is the first one Ryan has been on. Oh, yeah. really? We've yeah. missed you. That's, oh That's man, you missed true. John Goodman eating fried chicken in prison? Yeah. yeah. He missed Shit. that, and he missed uh, Carol spitting on Republicans' graves and pissing people yep. off. Piss. It was piss, yeah. Yeah. And now, uh, But now here we are all together for this one. 
Yeah, well, so we should talk about our relationship with the show. <laughs> you should talk Maybe you we'll... should talk about yours. Ours yeah. is on record. I think we're all defined as we pretty much watched it some, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Austin, that's it all three more. of you you've just watched yeah, it some i think our people know that yeah, like we watched it some i liked it uh the last season was bad yeah yeah it yeah it's really familiar as a show yeah i suppose we could say that um we our last episode we aired last episode we reviewed just before the start of the like revived 10th season mm-hmm. so i suppose we could touch base on where we're at with the show now yeah. after that well let me talk about my relationship with okay. the show and that'll kind of bleed into the new shit and then we'll just open and we'll just talk about it sure. so to me roseanne is one of like the top top shows of my life well um, dude. that was a show that i watched with my mom and uh her girlfriend like every week like remember when like a show would come on at a certain time and you would sit down and watch it and it was like a thing when those harmonicas start wailing it's like get your dinner and sit the fuck down yeah that was like a real family time thing that show Mm -hmm. so that it's like one of the main shows of my life and i just had really strong connections with it in a bunch of ways like i'd say the character of darlene is like a really essential television character to me like one of the greatest tv the way that her character changes over time and how i sort of related to that character as a person i was younger than her but kind of growing up and and as a comics book artist yeah a lot of things yeah yeah and so when roseanne was coming back i had a really interesting talk with my mom about it um because that show i guess in a lot of ways like our family felt seen or something like uh it had a fat mom and they were super working class it didn't have any money and uh it was like kind of the first show with gay people on it yeah um like a gay character you know i got a gay mom and so uh like the episode where Roseanne got kissed by a lesbian, that was like a huge event in our household and shit. You know, <laughs> that was like that. And then when Ellen came out on the show, which was an even bigger deal, I would say. Um, I just think Roseanne is really part of the culture of our family in this kind of intense way. Uh, and so wow. when the show came back on, we were really like, I want. We had these talks, and me and my mom were kind of going through the same thing of like. I really don't want to support her in any way as a Trump supporter, but also it really felt like my grandmother was a Trump supporter or something, you know, right. like, like, oh, should I just not go to her house anymore? Because we've been really close for a long time and she was formative and she was always cool to me, you know. Oh, so your actual mother isn't a Trump supporter. That's at least no. a blessing. No, my mom is like the furthest human from a trump supporter (laughs) my mom literally just moved out of the country oh uh, and it didn't it didn't help the whole trump thing like yeah i mean you'd have to be kind of contrarian to be a lesbian and a trump supporter i would say but then you can trot one out right now he's like i fucking love this why yeah right right now he's like ravaging farmers with his tariffs and they're like yeah he's gonna cost me money but i still support him so, yeah. So you never know. There's probably lesbians out there who are like, yeah, Trump. I mean, you can always find a strange anomaly. You can always find like a gay black Republican and shit. <laughs> yeah. like, there's one, you know. We should get uh, them on the show, except 
It would be difficult for us emotionally. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. it would be. It would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I would just be like, "What? What's it all about? <laughs> like, <laughs> where, where are you coming from? Uh-huh. Like, yeah." So, I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit in our lives or maybe online or whatever when the show came back on. Because you refused to watch it entirely, right, Carol? Yeah. So, I don't have the grandmother who's a Trump supporter. I have, like, my actual parent, my surviving parent. And it's just, it's loathsome and disgusting. And Roseanne is also similarly to your experience, Ryan, very familiar of a show in terms, like, it seems like that's my mother is Roseanne Barr. And she's not. But they yeah. did the same boomer Trump decline, and it's just so loathsome to me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's actual straight-up capital N Nazi shit happening with our nation and our taxes for incarcerating children. And to see a gleeful ghoul who enjoys that and isn't, like, squared up to defend democracy uh it's it's loathsome and it's uh i'd rather like you know if i wanted to be scared i'd watch tales from the crypt or a corpse rotting but i'm not going to entertain people who are on that side of history right now yeah yeah i shouldn't have said grandmother i should have said like aunt or something for roseanne (laughs) But sure. um, I mean, it's fine. Wherever it lays in your family line is how it feels. But it is a very familiar show. Yeah, yeah. but I I get okay. So because I watched the show when it came on, and I I thought that the way it did the politics thing was pretty good actually, yeah. Yeah. because I didn't feel for one second that it tried to persuade me, and it didn't say any pro-Trump stuff or anything. It was just very much about here's a family. And uh, Roseanne is a Trump supporter and Jackie is a Hillary supporter and that they were both these extremes and it was about the divide in families. That's really, to me, all it was about politically. Um, And then it wasn't any more Trump shit after that, except then they did an episode that was about them having Muslim neighbors. Did anyone else watch it? No, I just read a little about it. I saw the first episode. Okay, yeah, I watched about a half of it or two-thirds of it this season, and then do an episode where Roseanne is, like, suspicious of the Muslim neighbors, and it's, like, really uncomfortable to watch, and you're like, I'm not going to laugh about at jokes about her being paranoid about her Muslim neighbors being terrorists, you know? Um, and then, like, by the end of the episode, she comes around and, like, is friendly to them and defends them in a grocery store, and but you're like, I don't really want to watch a bigot become... Le- it just really like half felt a bigot. weird. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm happier only half a bigot. Right. It was, it was confusing. I mean, it was hard to know where it was coming from. There were also a lot of kind of amateurish or something elements to the new Roseanne. Amateur is the wrong word because it's like a season show. But, Does it just uh, kind of look weird? Like every time they uh-huh. update something, the camera quality is different yeah. and the lights are different. And now it's HD plus everyone's... 60 years older so yeah. there's always like getting used to that uncanny golly with your fucking eyes too yeah it just was a little off like yeah. the state i mean it had some really great moments too like i don't regret watching it or anything um sure. and also it was like a do-over for the final season of roseanne which right. for people who loved that series kind of felt uh, like something we appreciated like oh we just erased the whole lottery season and let's just catch up with these characters and kind of dismiss everything that went wrong with that show. Yeah. So in that sense, it was cool, too. But anyway, then she went on the fucking Twitter 
and called Valerie Jarrett said she was from the planet of the apes and then her life was she got taken down like completely yeah. so how do we feel about that guys good <laughs> yeah i'm surprised at how quickly the network did it and i guess yeah pleasantly surprised i mean it's a network it all looks at money <laughs> you know i feel like it'll all come down to money but i guess my analysis would be on the money would be on keeping Roseanne around and just letting it all blow over, but then they didn't, yeah. and I appreciate mm-hmm. that, I get you know. But... Well, and, like, to your point, David, what really struck me was I'm not naive enough to not think that they had their, like, accountants crunch the numbers and be like, <laughs> it is financially advantageous for us to cut bait with this actress rather than keep it going. I'm just super impressed that they crunched those numbers as fast <laughs> as they did. I mean, we I might know. be overestimating the number crunching, but, you know, they just... They, they brought in fucking Vinny Testaverde to crunch those numbers. <laughs> I thought we'd be getting some callbacks today. We'll see when we get there, maybe. Today's but that's the day. not the one I expected. I mean, I, I do believe... Testaverde. Usually a thing like that... Who is it? Our our frequent guest and beloved comedian Amy Miller. I talked to her about this. These yeah. when you uh, guys went to the Save by the Bell pop up we recently. Went, fuck yeah, we went to the diner. It was amazing in Los Angeles, and we talked about this about people like the takedowns. You know, yeah. Because I I do. Uh, the thing is, is that I really don't want to say anything whatsoever in defense of someone who said a. a compared a, a black woman to planet of the apes like i i do feel like you that's a fuck up on a i don't feel bad for you mm-hmm. scale or like an indefensible scale mm-hmm. um but i am always wary of if someone can just say one thing and their fucking shit is destroyed like that's an unsettling thing to me like the Kathy griffin with the severed head of the president well don't all of you feel like if you if any of us ever became a person of any importance whatsoever (laughs) um someone if they really wanted to could find a soundbite from one of our podcasts and just isolate it and it would ruin it could ruin you yeah it's yes but i don't think someone like cobbled together random words that Roseanne typed on Twitter, yeah. assembled them into a tweet sent from her account and posed it as her. Like, yeah, you can, anyone can get clever with editing and like take something out of context. The, I mean, the better argument would be there's plenty of things that we've said on this show that people could take entirely within context that could still ruin us. If we That's what like, I'm saying. Is like, if you tried to run for Senator Austin and then it could be like, Oh, on Saved by the Bell episode 12, Austin made jokes about raping a homeless man. Well, he went down and it was just Slater's <laughs> mouth to get on as fast as he could. It's, well, we're entering <laughs> your honor. I think look at this homeless man. That's Slater's mouthing. <laughs> there's so much unknown territory in the world. We're entering in a lot of ways mm-hmm. with, online and like everything you've ever said being preserved and how like i once heard that like in 20 years like and it might even be happening now that like you know nude pictures just aren't going to be a big deal anymore like 
Because every <laughs> they're just always going to leak out because people are going to have nude pictures somewhere, and eventually, like everyone's will leak out, and then you—it's just like a fact of life of like any famous person. There are just going to be nudes out there, which is which I'm not putting a value judgment on that. Like you shouldn't release someone's nude private nude pictures, but it. Hey, David, did you read about that on a website that you were <laughs> jerking off while you looked at it? Well, are there websites you? don't jerk off to <laughs> yeah you guys i was reading about yeah. how in 20 years yeah, i was on the new york times website and I was, oh. uh, that, that, that's that's the money shot is, oh. <laughs> uh, so anyway where, 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 where are you going with this david no that we're like we're learning how to handle just everything being out there and there is outrage machines now but i think as more and more as things like this happen, we're going to learn a better way to deal with it than always ostracizing everybody. But I think apologies always go a long way. Or like, or recognizing yeah. your wrongdoing once you've done it. Well, she apologized yeah, after but... she lost her show. Yeah. <laughs> well, she lost her show like 20 minutes later. No, she apologized after later. you say it. And 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 to be fair with Roseanne, this isn't like her first strike either. Like that, <laughs> that was the national anthem. <laughs> yeah. What I think is that it's not really just that one thing, and she probably is. Well, also, I started following Roseanne on Twitter like two years ago or something. Sure. Someone was like, "Oh, she's on there, and she's insane." Yeah, yeah. she's got to be terrible to work with. There's lots of rumors. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is that I think that really it was also had to be, she's probably really expensive and she got a huge hit show again and was in a position of power and she's fucking horrible to work with and what? unstable. What? A Trump supporter is an asshole? <laughs> what? Yeah, she, and to, to that point a little bit, to that, that this wasn't her first strike. Certainly there's something to be said for ABC knew what they were getting into bed with. Like, the fact mm-hmm. that she has these, like, Looney Tunes views. And I don't even mean the, the like, just, oh, she's conservative Looney Tunes. I mean, like, she has some really crazy, like, conspiracy theories and things like that. And, yeah, she is sort of militantly right-wing. And ABC knew that when they made the deal. And they were willing to to accept that in exchange for the financial payday that would come from having her on their network. And then this True. was the straw that broke the camel's back. And maybe that's not fair to Roseanne in terms of like, oh, well, you signed up a crazy crackpot and then she said crackpotty things. You can't get mad. Well, but they can because that's free enterprise and that's what the Republicans love. So <laughs> that's on ABC more than it is to me than on Roseanne that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they probably if, if they were going to be genuinely bothered by her saying these things, they probably shouldn't have brought the show back to begin with. But they did, and then she said something that was bad, and they decided that, you know what, it's just not worth it. And to your point, Ryan, maybe that's because they had a season of the show under their belt, and they were like, you know what, it's not worth the ratings to have to deal with her, not like public-facing her, but just the creative her that we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis, and this is our way to get out of it. And I feel like in this instance, when we talk about like the mob mentality just taking people down, like this happened so fast that it was it was just like she said something terrible. People got outraged rightfully, and then she lost her job. Like 
There and was the no like, coordinated effort of everybody <laughs> just like doxing her or something and like shunning her into hiding because it just everyone got mad and then ABC was like, "Yeah, you're right to be mad," and then got rid of her before. I feel like there wasn't time for this to be like a whole pitchfork porch mob thing, but maybe. Yeah. And well, then, like when we when we talk about like takedowns and things, we've just been having a really big moment in culture of like backlash for mm-hmm. shitty behavior, you know. And I think that you read these things sometimes, and it makes you freaked out, like um, like the Prairie Home Companion guy, like Garrison the, Keeler. Yeah, the story was like that he put his hand on the small of someone's back or something. And you're like, what? But I, uh, what I'm sort of getting from these things is that people who are being outed like that, it's more that they're generally shitty. Like, there was the James Franco one, and, like, the the story in the media was like, oh, he tried to get, like, a woman he was dating to give him a blowjob or whatever. Like, and you're like, what? But I think I'm getting <laughs> and he better. he hitting on underage tumblers. Oh, that's right. That's right. Which is fucked gross yeah. yeah but i think what i'm getting more as i'm sort of settling into these as things, you're defending sexual abusers yes uh well i'm not is what i'm saying is that really what's happening is collectively a bunch of people are just like james franco is shitty like we're just letting it be known that he acts a bunch of gross shitty ways we're just putting the word out so and i think people want specific examples they want to know what the story is and sometimes those are harder it's just like just take it as a general note about this person i think is more what's happening and i think that people i think at the same time we're redefining isn't the right word but we are letting it known that behaviors previously considered to be acceptable are not acceptable like in the case of garrison keeler the idea like well all he did was like touch this woman's you know the small of her back or whatever and like right. i i genuinely believe that he was not nefarious in what in, in the action that he wasn't like this wasn't like the opening moves of some sort of like sexual abuse situation but it made her uncomfortable and if it made her uncomfortable that that's her just her right to define that not his or ours or anyone else's and that's just we're saying Oh, I'm sorry, old men. You can't just touch women innocuously, even if you're yeah. doing it because, you know, because it's innocuous. Even if you're doing it with no sexual intent whatsoever, don't touch people that don't want to be touched. Like it's exactly. And I'm sorry if that if if you're like now you're in this strange new world of like I don't know how to behave and I'll just keep my hands to myself because if I don't, I'll be arrested for sexual harassment. Yeah, keep your fucking hands to yourself. It's not difficult. And I got the cracked research orphans to look this up, and so they had to learn some new words. <laughs> but they're really growing up, guys. <laughs> so, are you saying so cracked the, orphans are having a sexual awakening here? Yeah, and it's kind of tragic because of our society. So uh, the NPR said in a letter about Garrison Keeler that there's also plenty of other allegations from the same woman whose back he's touched. Uh-huh. About the other really creepy shit he did, and there's plenty of documentation about it. A 12-page letter detailing many alleged incidents, including excerpts of emails and written messages, requests for sexual contact with Garrison Keillor's gross fucking boot of a made-for-NPR face. Can you <laughs> mm-hmm. imagine anyone you'd want to hit on you less 
then look at this. <laughs> have you seen him? He's an homely man. Like, oh, oh he looks like an Ugnot. Like, trust seriously. Me. Trust me, Carol. David and I are from Minnesota. We are. We are <laughs> He's actually a very handsome man. <laughs> Do children, like, hang out in the alleys and whisper about the NPR man? <laughs> and well, just how I mean, homely he's... he is. Up until all this happened, he was one of Minnesota's favorite sons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys still got Snoopy. Well, Shit. Minnesota doesn't have a lot to start, so let's just yeah. keep if that I can, If I can try to reel this in yeah, a little we're, bit. Yeah, we've gone way off. I, I guess what I'm saying is that I... Uh, a lot of times we're like, what is the thing that happened? Like, if you... If Roseanne had a, a perfect character record... And was just great all the time. And then she said one shitty thing on Twitter one time. Um, but well, that's even though, not like, the climate we have right now. It's not just everything's fine and somebody says one time when they call a black person. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it depends on what they say, too. I think we're headed, eventually going to get to a point where we're still handling famous people just putting their idle thoughts online. <laughs> and I think we're going to become more forgiving of stupid shit, especially when people recognize that it's stupid. But there's always that line where even one strike and you're out, depending on what you say, you know? Well, so I don't know. That's what I'm saying is that this isn't one strike. Oh, I know. With Roseanne, it's not. I, know. I was right. being much broader, but yeah. And it's not with Garrison Keeler, and it's not with James right. Franco. That's what I'm saying is yeah. that when you put it in, a, in an article that has to state specific incidents, I think it fucks up the narrative. Because these are, I think, a lot of these things, these outings have just been like a general character note, you know? Yeah. Just like, hey, Garrison Keeler's a fucking creep, you know? Like... Uh, etc. Mm-hmm. So I think Roseanne is problematic in a lot of ways. Uh, it's just a yeah, bummer to see. It is. Yeah. And the only yeah. other, the only other thing I'll add about the whole Roseanne losing her show thing is that the downside for me when I heard the news was you, know, you think about like everybody that's involved in the show that's not Roseanne that's now mm-hmm. you know out of a job. And I'm not even ta- I'm not even thinking of like you know I think John Goodman will be okay. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf. I mean, Laurie Metcalf. She went so good. She she lost her her gig on Roseanne and picked up a Tony Award. So I mean, I think she'll be okay. <laughs> uh, Sarah right. Gilbert still on uh, the Talk or the Chew or whatever mm-hmm. the View, whatever the whatever her. I think it is the View. Well, is it the View? I forget which one she's on. I Think so? Uh, Maybe not. But I mean, Maybe. I just mean like uh, you know, key grip beat that was the guy yeah. holding. Yeah. The, the the camera for the show and all that and so i i was i was pleased that abc is apparently bringing back everybody sans roseanne to do connor's yeah good luck we'll see how how it works but i'm like i it's one we'll watch who's watching all six episodes of that it's not it's not often that you see a tv network do the right thing twice yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I think where it's like it was the right thing yeah. to cut bait with Roseanne because it was not yeah. her first strike; it was an umpteen strike in a litany of them. And then it was also the right thing to make good to the people that were just doing their jobs and didn't say terrible things on Twitter, so they made right by them. Yeah, we'll see how that show turns out, but at least they're putting they're trying. Yeah, I mean, I do think if I want to sound insensitive, because I do feel bad for key grips and shade who get fired, 
over these things. But also, like, if you're a key grip in show business, like, there's like a 30% chance your show is going to get canceled every year. And if you're on a hit show, you got a job for maybe seven years or something. And then you, yeah. and so it is probably part of that. I mean, it sucks too. Like, don't get me wrong, but oh, I know. And there's you know, certainly you can get into the uh, construction workers on the death star argument. of you know, <laughs> it's, It wasn't a secret to any of us that Roseanne was a shitty person. I'm sure it wasn't a secret yeah. to any of the crew that was working. But at the same time, they don't necessarily, they can't necessarily afford to be that picky in a job as yeah. a job. I will say that when that scandal happened and the show got canceled, I did feel relieved because I was like, I'm compelled to watch this show and I don't <laughs> want to really watch it anymore. Yeah. And so when it was, there was just gone now, I was like, all right, cool. Like that, I felt like, well, and I feel like, um, like, I've had internet... I, part of why I brought this up is I've had a little bit of internet debates with you, I think, Carol, about the Roseanne stuff. Not debates, but just, like, did you watch it or no, I won't oh, watch yeah, it. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. And, we uh, part ways on that one, but it's not yeah. like I think it's bad that you watch it. It's just, like, I think it'd be bad if I watched it. Oof. Yeah. Part of why I brought this up is because I was like, oh, you, you won this one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I felt gratified personally yeah. that it was canceled. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, the other thing I want to say about it is that I was gonna actually sign up for Hulu because that was how much I was like had to watch the show, and then oh, I, shit. I was gonna log into it on my TV, and it was already logged on, and I was like, "What?" And it was someone's account named Shannon, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" And then I remember that my friend Stacy came over one time and we got all drunk. And <laughs> then her, she invited her friend Shannon over and they wanted to watch wrestling. So they logged into her Hulu account. <laughs> it was like four months ago or something. And so then I watched Roseanne and then I watched a bunch of stuff on Hulu. And then <laughs> Thanks, she, changed her, she changed her account name to like, stop stealing my Hulu. <laughs> And I had to look her up and message her, and I logged off of it. But I was like, "Hey, I don't want you to think you got hacked. Like, here's the story of why I had your Hulu." I love, I love that Ryan started telling a story that might be like, "Oh, then we had end with then we had a three way, but actually ends with oh, and no. then I stole Hulu." <laughs> I mean, she logged it on there, you know. Uh, I'm not gonna not watch someone's Hulu mm -hmm. who's on. I mean, yeah, I felt a little weird yeah. about it. Um, so anyway, uh, to tie this all up, I think we, the thing we can all agree is that the worst thing that Roseanne has ever done is this episode. <laughs> oh my God, this episode is terrible. It's quite bad. Ryan, I don't, this might not just be the worst episode of Roseanne. This might be the worst episode of, of any TV I've ever seen ever. <laughs> so at the opening, Roseanne wants to go into the bathroom, and there's a bunch of kids and husbands and After shit. After the sweet, sweet sax of the opening. Yeah. Or the yeah. harmonica. No, it's, yeah. It's, it's a, a sax monica. Uh, I, I feel the need to point out that one of her problems is that Dan wants to fix some things around the house, which doesn't sound like a problem to me. Yeah, he's like, I gotta, I gotta replace a couple of washers in the bathroom. He's like, right now, and I'm like, it seems kind of important. Yeah, like, like, like what if she can't take a bath until he fixes it? But she's mad at him. Oh, for, like, you men fixing things. <laughs> Does anybody know how important washers are in a bathroom? I where they would go in a bathroom. I just wish that I could just 
take a bath one time <laughs> without David having to install washers. <laughs> well, the washer's attached to the camera, and I'm not going to let you bathe without the camera being on. <laughs> Fair enough. And that, and that just cost David his future Senate campaign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was going to be really good for the movement. <laughs> so my understanding of this episode is that Roseanne wanted to do more stuff like this. They were trying it out. Oh, okay. Ro- Roseanne, the actress. Yeah. Okay. Huh. And then it it was very poorly received, <laughs> I believe. Shockingly. And even like in syndication, they wouldn't show it very much. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen this episode before. And if you yeah. had, if you had asked me prior to this recording. I would have said I have seen, at the very least, I've seen every episode from the show's first six seasons. And quite a few after that. But I, I, I know I haven't seen every episode of Roseanne. Because there's a lot from the last season I didn't see. And there's a lot from the later seasons that I didn't see. But I'm like, the first mm-hmm. six seasons, I've probably seen every one of those episodes. I've never seen this one before. And mm-hmm. I think that's because it just never gets re- like which almost... is a weird move by syndication network it is because I mean, it's a bad episode but i mean there's nothing like but like if i buy a syndication like a episode uh series on syndication don't i just like all right go play the library <laughs> i think there are like tainted episodes of shows. I mean, yeah i, think I there know there's shows like that... offensive okay. episodes but nothing about this is like offense well i guess I think that there are shows that the if people who run them in syndication are aware that if they run that episode, people won't watch it. Yeah, maybe. I suppose. Because I mean... this episode sucks. <laughs> I definitely, this episode was on, I would watch Roseanne, it was on twice a day in syndication or whatever. And if this if it was this episode, I was like, fuck. I mean, those clips <laughs> yeah, show I'll still watch it, but fuck. Saved by the Bell blew pretty hard, but they still air those as part of the syndication. Mm-hmm. Well, Save by the Bell has no standards. <laughs> <laughs> Save by the Bell's like, fuck it. Yeah, this really felt like a fever dream of an episode. Yeah. We'll get totally. there, but it totally. touches barely any of the reality that you're generally mm. used to. Roseanne. Well, and then what's weird is that then they'll kind of the last season feels like this right. episode a they lot. They go back like, into what one of our guests, Mark Russell, called when a show is dying and it gets weird it's like the burst of euphoria like when an actual human corpse dies <laughs> yeah. yeah but i feel like this is like a weird hidden sign of what the show will yeah. have the like a worst case scenario for the right? show mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so roseanne falls asleep and then she gets up and goes into the bathroom and it's an elaborate set full of muscular man servants yeah this is quite the set for a one-off scene right yeah it's like a vaporwave studio with like <laughs> pillars and neon and just these hunky dudes are just in loincloths and they get yeah. they get like straight muscles. up audience woos when they come yeah. walk into the audience like Ooh. and i'm like i'm like are they gonna gangbang roseanne is that i wooed him too yeah they're gonna like, eiffel tower right, right? right there they're gonna gangbang her if her Husband and kids will just give her 10 minutes to herself. Yeah. They would just need 10 minutes for a quick gangbang with some big hunks? Jeez. Yeah, she only gets 10 minutes for it because yeah. she's the mother of three. Yeah, yeah, so what would Freud say about dreaming about your sister in the bathtub? I don't know. Yeah, so she goes to take the... <laughs> so she's in this dream scenario, and basically for the next million years, what's going to happen... 
Yeah. Is that uh, my my son grew up while I was watching this episode? <laughs> he's, he's 16 years old now, you guys. Yeah. How was that Buffy episode we watched twice as long as this one? Yet this one <laughs> <laughs> felt like 800 years longer. You yeah. found a real clunker, Ryan. Good job. Yeah. Th- I, I may have found the worst of all episodes. <laughs> So every time Roseanne tries to take a bath or have sex with two muscular men at the same time, some other cast member is fucking her shit up. So at the beginning, Jackie's in her tub. Yeah. And, right. And at first, her her appearance here is so superfluous that I would have I would have been inclined to answer David's question with. Floyd would believe they were just trying to shoehorn Laurie Metcalf into this episode. Yeah, yeah. Like we but then she shows time. up later in like two different roles. And so then that makes this whole thing even more superfluous. It does just represent how Jackie's always in Roseanne's shit and bugging her. And now they have to share things because they're sisters. I guess. Freud. Also, everyone wants to fuck. <laughs> well, and then we got like a. It, it's almost a little. Um, I mean, for for network TV in the early '90s, a little risque, like naked Jackie rising out of the yeah. tub and getting wrapped up in a form-fitting towel. She's looking like, good. Oh, I mean, that was great. interesting. Props to Lori was... Metcalf, but I was just kind of like, whoa. Between that and the like implied gangbang with these muscular dudes, <laughs> this show is getting risque. It's a very yeah. horny episode. Oh, yeah. Real horned out. But yeah, I definitely thought that Jackie getting out of the tub shot was like, whoa. <laughs> she's like doing a little scoot too because she's yeah. feeling herself. Yeah. <laughs> Metaphorically, not literally. <laughs> so then DJ, the youngest son, comes in and he's shooting lasers at her. That kid, um, I he's like a cute kid for the first couple seasons. Like I get why they hired him. <laughs> but... That's one of the worst kids ever on a show. Uh-huh. He cannot, like, speak well right now. Well, as he gets older, like, they just never can do anything with him the whole series. Like, so yeah. it's one of the most, like, we're saddled with this kid actor Since kids ever. The Olsons. <laughs> yeah, well, people love the Olsons. They were, like, a phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, I think they suck. Yeah. But, but there's no DJ fans. <laughs> yeah, the... The best thing that they did with him as he got older was play off his weirdness, where he just became like this like strange, odd kid, and they sort of swerved into that a little bit. And that a little was, bit, yeah. That was they got the best material out of that. But yeah, I mean, by the time he was like a teenager and stuff, it was just so clear they didn't really know what. Yeah, yeah, well, and he only worked as, like, a subject. Like, he wouldn't right. really work... Like, there's an episode about him jerking off that's, like, one of the best episodes, but it's not like there's a lot of scenes with him. It's more, like, about the subject of that he is jerking off, right. you know? Yeah, no, it's, that's a good way to put it. He's, he's the... There's not a lot of scenes of him jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, Roseanne straight up vaporizes her son. Yeah. yeah, with like a weird '90s effect, like like a bad video game. Yeah, you know what it reminded me of, Carol. At this point, I yeah. was like, "Holy shit!" I feel <laughs> like we're in that Saturday morning special where <laughs> Marsha Warfield, where Alf and the Saved by the Bell gang oh. toured Saturday morning yeah. lineup and stuff. Like that's what this whole thing started to feel like. That's the one where Marsha Warfield was in the. 
She was like a time cop. Oh yeah, yes. that's right. She was. She was there too. Alf yeah. and Marsha Warfield. But like I like. Yep. That just that like that sense good. of like heightened re- heightened reality and cheap looking <laughs> sets and weird yeah. effects and that's what yeah. And then there's like the I don't know if it's me of. if it's the audience or the laugh track, but since uh, and if it's the real life audience, there's like the special effects you don't see. So there's just like muffled laughter and the whole thing feels very unspectacular which like does it like you just hear this like twinkling sound and then just a <laughs> and you're like <laughs> yeah you're like, i do I'm like that impressed. aspect i don't listen to anything with a laugh track anymore mm-hmm. but now that you mention it i know exactly what you're talking about with the muffled <laughs> special effects pause mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh so then darlene is in punk clothes and she's burning her report card yeah, and she's by a really goth toilet because it's still like a spa. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of a weird, like, uh, accidentally prescient bit with Darlene <laughs> because, like, at this point in the show, Darlene wasn't the, like, surly angsty teen and there was really no indication that that was going to be what she would become. Like, she was still just, like, the tomboy who didn't like her sister and picked on her yeah. brother. And, you know, was kind of the son her father never had. and But the way she's portrayed in this fever dream is much more in line with her later, like, surly teen, I'm going to do bad things and hate my mom kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it, you know that it's accidental, but it is also oddly prescient in the way that they kind of tapped into that. But it makes you wonder, like, why did they cast Darlene in that mold for this episode because they weren't going in that direction yet but um there's there's only a couple of good lines in this episode but i like when the hunky guys pick up darlene and she's like watch it stud (laughs) (laughs) that was all right well how did they kill her then they sentence her to death by pop quiz oh yeah the teachers ask her questions, and then she melts in a very expensive effect. This is where I realized that Roseanne has become Freddy Krueger, where she's yeah. just yeah. killing people with irony in dreams, you know? Well done, David. <laughs> <laughs> and Roseanne was in the sixth Nightmare on Elm Street oh, Yeah, movie. she was. Was she? Yeah, Kinda her and Tom Arnold. Think. I yeah. can't relate this to the text at all but i just want to note right now that darlene that epic punk grew up to marry the lady from four non-blondes yep yeah that's right that's the truth (laughs) just want to shout that out real quick that's another thing i remember is my when i was a kid when i was like eight or nine my mom went to some concert in la that i don't remember some 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 very stereotypical lesbian <laughs> concert i don't remember what it was specifically four non-blondes now. sure <laughs> well it's too early but it was like the indigo girls oh, or shit, katie yeah. lang it was like you know uh and she saw darlene like in line and she was like make, she came home and was like darlene from roseanne is gay <laughs> she's so excited and she like saw her making out with a woman or something like at the show oh shit so I, I, I knew about that for a long time. So then Becky is doing her stuff in the mirror and something very important happens. So none of you guys are like super fans of Roseanne? Uh, I don't know. 
I guess it depends on how you define Superman. Do you guys... So here we go. This is the first <laughs> appearance of the chicken shirt. Oh, yeah. I was, you this know is the, the chicken first shirt? appearance I, of it? I guess I am not a Roseanne super fan. What? Yeah, that's the factoid I got from uh, the crack research team on this episode. That's crazy. Yeah, so Becky is wearing this shirt. There's a shirt on Roseanne where it's like a chicken and a big picture of an egg. Yep. It's just it's the chicken shirt. Yeah. And um, I remember we would notice it as we watched it that it's just because different characters wear it at different times. It just becomes this thing throughout the series. And in the new season, I believe in the opening scene, it's Dan Roseanne in bed and one of them's wearing the chicken shirt. It was like a we're right back in this kind of a thing. And I read about it once where it's like they just found this shirt and they're like, what the fuck is this shirt? <laughs> yeah, it's so and it ugly. Just, yeah. And it just became a thing. Like they just it was just a cast thing that they kind of passed it around and everyone would wear it. And uh, I guess this is the first time it's worn and Becky's wearing it in this dream sequence. Shit, that's crazy that the fucking chicken shirt came from this obsolete, ignored episode yeah particularly yeah. because this episode was aired so infrequently in syndication right that, like, this big part of sort of the uh, fandom <laughs> was hidden from the public for so mm-hmm. long like no one could see the first appearance of the chicken shirt it does make sense that it was released in a fever dream come to think of it yeah, yeah it's do you think appropriate do yeah. you think they knew they were making a bad episode yeah somebody had to know i don't know if roseanne (laughs) knew but (laughs) i think roseanne wanted to do it and they couldn't really stop her because the show was big enough at this point she pulled big like maneuvers i don't remember them but she was like she she really uh ran that show yeah but i don't yeah she was running it quite yet because it's still Mm -hmm. early I mean, I know because like she probably could still make some power plays though. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure she could get. I I think she was probably at a point where like she had enough pull to get this made and not be told that it's going to be terrible. Like, Mm. like the director or whoever is filming this and is just like, this is going to be a piece of crap, and you can't tell Roseanne that. I think they tried it and it didn't work out. Is kind of what happened. But I mean, I think some point during the process, like they committed to it. But I think people, some people, like as it's unfolding, are like, "This is a piece of shit," you know. Well, and we'll get to <laughs> yeah. the song and dance sequences at the end. But <laughs> I feel like at least few of those people didn't want to be. Goodman's <laughs> very talented, and they're so lucky to have him. <laughs> the thing about it is that it's one of those bad episodes where it just doesn't even feel like the same show, right? Like mm-hmm. the lighting and the yeah. picture quality and like the sound, the way the show sound. It has this weird kind of like echoey sound mm-hmm. or something. Yep. It's like a bad play. It's like you're watching footage of a bad play. Yeah. Yeah. The whole episode is a pink rim fantasy sequence. Yeah. yeah. It is. yeah. But and it's like the jokes don't land either. Yeah. It's like just weird. Like it just feels like they let some other people make an yeah, episode or something. It feels something. like there aren't even jokes, just like yelling the obvious thing, like spoiler alert. I want to kill my family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is just and there is something just morbid about the entire premise of this is just Super about how bad. she wants her family dead sometimes and uh-huh. yeah. she doesn't really yeah. like learn from that. Like I thought this was headed towards her 
realizing she appreciates her family and loves them and wants them to be around. Yeah. But spoiler alert, that doesn't really happen. <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel like Roseanne as a show was, at least the first time around, was always very good at walking that fine line between the sort of like acerbic barbs at the family, but also making it clear that everyone loved each other. Like that Mm -hmm. was kind of like Roseanne's one of the things they were always very good at was like, they could, you know, Roseanne could cut these people down and, and insult them, but you never felt terribly bad for them because you knew deep down inside, everybody loved them. And this episode Mm -hmm. just really throws that balance out of play, where it's just like Roseanne's just murdering everyone in a fantasy sequence, and we're supposed to just find that funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. when there's real situations where the matriarch or patriarch is a narcissist and kills their family, total wipeout happens all the time. Usually it's the father, but sometimes the mom drives a car off a bridge, throws a baby over, it's grotesque. I was thinking about that too, this whole time. Um, well, and I see how this works as a as a pitch, like the idea that a mom of a family just wants to get in the tub for ten minutes and no one will let her, and she has a fantasy around that. Yeah, no, I see totally how that works, works. Yep. Mm-hmm. but the execution of it is so the execution. Poor. Yeah, right. Well, and also that she's yeah. killing all of yeah. them. Yeah, that weird. And you could have done something yeah. a little less extreme, like Kate, you know, put them in cages or something, which is yeah. not great, but at least it's. <laughs> Like, in a dream sequence, you get it, and it doesn't feel as, like, morbid. Or... She should she should have put them in bubbles. Yeah. Because she's in a bath. I think that this bit couldn't have lasted more than three minutes, is what's wrong <laughs> yeah, with Yeah, well, there's time, that, too. Know? Like, <laughs> It's like a cutaway gag that goes on for the whole episode. Yeah. yeah, it is. Like Carol said, it's a pink rim fantasy that they just stretched yeah. out into a full episode. Of matricide. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So then Becky dies by uh, embarrassment. embarrassment. Yeah, because her date comes early and sees her other mask. <laughs> That's on uh, shit. So she, her, her date. Her date is little Stephen Dorff. Who? Oh, that's right. The the villain from the first Blade movie. What the sh- what? And, uh, and Alicia Fuck. Silverstone's boyfriend in the Crying Aerosmith. I the, one, shit. The, one, the one that she flicks off after she bungee jumps off of the bridge from her belly button. Oh, that's right. That was so weird. This is like, his. He, uh, he was like in three episodes, I think, of Roseanne as like Becky's semi-recurring early boyfriend. He's like Jimmy or whatever. Yeah. I thought Steven Dorff was the voice of Chucky. Oh, that's Brad Dorff. Oh, all right. It's He's wrong Dorff. So I like the way that they killed Dan. <laughs> <laughs> You, just, like you find it relatable, don't you, Ryan? <laughs> what? You find it relatable, don't you? That's how I want to go. But it looks like it's like creamed corn. It is. Yeah. They say that it's creamed corn. He's like, oh, ooh, a big bowl why. of creamed corn. And I'm like, death by creamed corn? What the fuck is going on? I have a couple so. of things about this. Uh, first of all, I would definitely eat a pot of John Goodman creamed corn. It's <laughs> yeah. like a real comfort food. Yeah. Uh, my second thing is this reminded me very specifically of a different Saved by the Bell <laughs> since we're doing it episode. The one where Kelly got her feet uh-huh. on the pan. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a uh, yeah. vor thing. P.S. Roseanne is into vor. What is vor? Okay. So it's like <laughs> one of the fetishes. You're ready for this one, right? <laughs> and this one is where you like eat a lady. 
or I think gentlemen, oh. but mostly I think it's ladies. Like cannibalism? Yes, but like oh. sexy, cute cannibalism. But, you know, it does, you like, oh, and then I ate the lady. It's, or sometimes they... people get really creepy with it, like the actual people who try to eat people off of Craigslist. But there's a lot of like uh-huh. lighter vor where people are just like, Ugh. they do a lot of meat thermometer play. Oh, interesting. How does it happen yep. in real life, I guess? Or does it not? Yeah. I think you could, like, dress like a potato, though. Like, get tinfoil and be like, <laughs> Are people dying from this? No, I think there's... It's just a fetish. It's just, you know, a, a goofy thing. Yeah. And then huh. the other people who do die are, like, victims of cannibalism. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But yeah, um, Dan looks pretty good in the what I just, corn. It's, it's the... It's the randomness of the cream corn that gets it. It's just like, it's, it's not like that's like one of like Dan's character traits. Like, oh, if there's one thing I know about Dan Connor, that he loves cream corn. So Listen. This is certainly an ironic death. Well, they, they just wanted a food related death. And I think the prop department, the best they could come up with that would work is some sort of like cream thick, corn. viscous white fluid so now, what they would called... freud say about that <laughs> dan drowning into thick white, white viscous fluid. fluid i can't figure it out that bubbling like i just i feel like beer maybe would have been the, like drown him in beer That's pretty good austin you should go back in time and give this a punch because i'd be like yeah dan drinks beer like it's a, it's a blue collar kind of guy that likes his, likes to crack his pack after work does he drink a stout, Austin? <laughs> no. So how are you going to obscure him when he falls into the pot? You needed something that's opaque. I know, I know. <laughs> so if you had to die in a big pot of something. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it has to be hot. It has to have fire under it. Yeah. Okay. What, what would it be? Queso. Um, yeah, I'm thinking Velveeta mm. slash queso, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's nice and gooey. And, and tasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you, would you have like a bunch of bread or something yeah, with so. you? Well, see, I'm now you got me thinking of artichoke dip too, like spinach and artichoke dip, oh. and that's pretty yeah. good. That's good shit too. Yeah, I'm thinking like a big pot of chili. I was gonna, yeah, chili, chili makes more sense because why does that make more sense? Yeah, I don't. None of this makes sense, Ryan. <laughs> we haven't made sense in uh, 57 minutes. You guys don't tell me you've never thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> because you're you're eating it by itself. Well, you're dying in it. Are we in it to eat it all, or are we gonna like burn <laughs> a little and then die? Wait, what's it's gonna, gonna happen? You're gonna eat it and taste it while you're dying until <laughs> you're dead. Are you suggesting I'm above okay. eating queso plain? I just what I'm trying to understand. <laughs> Spo- spoiler alert, Ryan. He is not above that. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a spoon and I'll just go to town. Can I make it mac and cheese? How viscous can I get yeah. if you're doing of, fucking chili? Of course, Those Carol. You can make whatever you want. Yeah, you can make it mac, mac and cheese. Is such a, good a fair one. one. I also want to make sure we're clear because obviously, like the plot is of the utmost importance to this episode. No, Dan. Dan does not die by eating green corn. He's <laughs> alive. Yes. Green corn. So, but his hot, last like experience. Is the taste of cream corn. Right, and so David is saying that he would like his last experience to be tasting queso. Yeah. I, yeah, I just was curious, because if you would want that by... Like, mac and cheese makes a lot of sense to me. It's like a, a sensation of eating it, you know? Yeah, and 
it can, it can, but then the trick is like you could climb out of, with the beans or you can get the noodles. <laughs> no, right, no, there's no know? trick. No, you, you would die. You're going to die. This is it. This is the end. David, I'm not criticizing your choice. I just want to make sure that you've thought it through. Listen, there's a lot of options. I like spinach and artichoke dip. That's pretty right. good, you know. And right. Okay. But once you bring pasta into it, I could get a whole bunch of stuff, you know. You could get, yeah, you know. you know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of good soups I could go with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, uh, no one asked me mine. What? Which is fine. <laughs> I thought no, you said fine. chili. <laughs> Yeah. No, you said chili. I know, Austin. and I thought you were like, yeah, that sounds good. That's yeah, why you I was said that's right. the one that makes what sense. What with you? I was feeling what it. I could you? sense that you were going to say chili. Oh, but okay. also, in contrast to the things that they had said, which were basically just straight up liquids, <laughs> I was like, yeah, something like chili, which would have some beans and ground meat and onions in it, not just a simple okay, liquid. So what would yours be, Ryan? What would it be? Oh, it's okay. You don't have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, uh, I think I was thinking like a cream of mushroom soup. Yeah. <laughs> it's a peasant's choice. You're a peasant's <laughs> choice. Burn. That's true. Could, could we just note that uh, Dan's crime that resulted in the death penalty was trying to fix the bathtub? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. You're really bothered by this. It is. Like, trying to do, he's actually trying to be productive around the house. And she's, like, mad at him for it. It's like, let's just say I feel like I'm living with someone who'd die for me to start going around and replacing washers and stuff, and it's just not happening. Well, why don't you, David? Because I'm the least handy person I know. Yeah, we've previously... Is that true? Yeah, we've previously established that. That's yeah. A, that's, a, uh, that's part of the continuity of our show. He's <laughs> the least handy of us all. Mm-hmm. But he can play that. a saxophone and juggle. And it, and it, Something like that. He only falls, he only like slides under my bar of handiness, like just barely. Like I'm only slightly better than David in terms of overall handiness. Okay, I feel like maybe we haven't talked about that for a while. Uh, we talked about it when uh, when Carol had us watch that uh, home, home, home flipping episode, episode of uh, Perfect Strangers. <laughs> that was Season not one, even. Episode 12. <laughs> that was not a special episode. When Carol was like, way. I like this episode of Perfect Strangers. That's why it's special. It wasn't even like an episode someone would remember. It wasn't like, oh, it's the best episode. It was just Everyone like... Everyone remembers Cousin Larry and Balky on Chandelier. So, History can we talk about anything else life. besides this episode? Of Roseanne? Okay, it's actually a so, pretty good way to get through this episode. I know. So, Roseanne kills her whole family, and then Jackie shows up in her cop uniform. Yeah. She is a cop at this point. Yep. I love the character of Jackie so much. Yeah, and Laurie me Metcalf is Jackie. And that's another character that evolves and changes, and that she always has these different jobs and career paths all the time. It's just so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Different boyfriends. Some of them yep. are superstars like George Clooney or the yeah. other guys just look like a pretty normal guy. Yeah, her being a her being a cop was my favorite Jackie job, I think. Yep. That was a good uh, and then she gets uh she falls down a staircase because a naked guy falls on yeah. her and she hurts her back and that's when she stops being a cop. Because they're gonna put oh, they're shit. gonna they're gonna put her behind a desk because of her injury. Yeah. Like, if I can't be out on the field, I don't wanna be a cop. So after Roseanne murders her family, she goes to trial. <laughs> okay, and so when the judge shows up, mm-hmm. the audience woos. Yeah, yes. yeah, they yeah. like him. And what so I wrote, Austin? yeah, and so I wrote down in my notes. I'm like, well, who the fuck is this judge? Because like when they 
wooed for the naked guys. They were just excited because they thought a gangbang. Yeah, was who's not going to woo for a naked guy, right? Right, but like, so like, you don't think it was the same type of woo that they weren't so attracted to the judge? <laughs> so, that, so, like, so I'm like, are we supposed to think this is like a hot piece of ass judge, or like is this like a famous guy that's like subbing? In? You guys, I have no fucking clue who this guy is. Like, what? Well, he was like, like on a love I, boat. He, yeah, like the crack research team got me his IMDb credits, but there's nothing in there of any yeah. significant what? note. Yeah, he was in. Yeah. yeah, he was on three episodes of the Love Boat, but everyone was on fucking three episodes of the Love Boat. <laughs> I can't figure out what someone was on, and they're from they're fifty in the eighties. It's usually Love Boat. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like at this era, like yeah, there was refugees from the Love Boat all over the fucking place. <laughs> He was on one episode of the Bionic Woman. He was on one what? episode of the Jackie so Gleason shows. I'm like, why are they wooing his arrival? This makes no yeah. sense. I don't get. He wasn't sexy, listeners. He was like a really boring. He was, he dude. was a Garrison Keillor type. I can agree that his his acting credentials are not impressive. <laughs> I went through the same thing as you, but I will not agree that he is not sexy. Oh, okay, more for you. Yeah, I'll yeah. take it. Oh, well, he's probably dead now, but <laughs> like oh, yeah. he's super dead. <laughs> Do you think he would let me eat his corpse? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he could stop you. What was that called? Vo? What was it called? Like a carnivore. Oh. oh, okay. So then everyone at the who was killed by Roseanne is at the trial, oh, which shit. they kind of address but never really explain. <laughs> yeah, she's on Not trial really, for murder, never... but they're still there. She's yeah. on trial Weird. for murdering the witnesses testifying against her. They are not so, dead, but Dan's wearing like a really ugly, m- dirty jumpsuit. Yeah, Dan, because Dan's the prosecuting attorney, basically. Yeah, Doesn't Jackie's like her defense, yet she's the one who arrested her, and that was kind of weird. Yeah. It's right. almost like this doesn't make a lot of logical sense. Oh, it really God. doesn't. And then a pizza was delivered. Yeah. And then I wanted pizza. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, mm, pizza. Well, I just hate when pizza's on TV because it just makes me want pizza now. Now, now I'm not, <laughs> not going to be happy again until I have pizza. So, you know what? I ordered. I watched it. I ordered. I watched this episode yesterday, and today I did get a pizza. Yeah, because oh, they got you. Shit. Pizza lobby got you. And actually, as soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going to go eat some more of that pizza. Whoa, David. Yeah, this is, really this is torture for me. Now right I'm going to have to order two pizzas soon. Just what, kind to, pizza, what kind of pizza did you get, Ryan? Like a little thin crust, okay. a little chewy? Little... I. I got barbecue chicken pizza. Ooh. Yeah, I like that pizza. Um, we can just be done. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! School's time. Tune in next no, week. So... <laughs> okay. I, yeah, we got a couple of notes on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. At one point, so Becky's testifying about how she really loves her mother and never caused her pain. And this prompts Jackie the camera like zooms in on one of those old school like tape recorder tape player decks. Yeah. And then Jackie slides that across to Roseanne and then Roseanne hits play and it's her giving birth to Becky and basically like screaming about how much pain Becky is causing her. But what's weird about it is that before they play the tape, the camera zooms in on the tape recorder and the audience is like <laughs> and I'm like what do I want? You're excited about the tape recorder? I don't understand why. You don't woo tape recorders with audio cassettes of a woman giving birth, Austin? Yeah, but they don't know that that's Austin? what it's going to be yet. 
They don't woo when she's giving birth. They just woo at the sight of a tape recorder. Do you have a cassette of your own wife giving birth? I do. And did anyone woo at the birth? Yeah, two questions, two-parter. No to both. Because then you could, like, play that tape, you know, in the car on the way to work. Be like, (laughs) 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 What do you got, David? Uh, well, let's see. So I thought it was, I don't know what Darlene said, that being, like, bad is when you do something bad and get caught, and good is when you do something bad and don't get caught. Something to that effect. I thought that was mildly humorous. And then... (laughs) And then I think it was right after the pizza came. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, so did we yeah. mention? Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a pizza. And I, I don't even know if there was a punchline to it or just that the fact that a pizza was delivered. Well, the punchline is that the bitch forgot sodas. Yeah. And they arrest her. And then everybody woos their dicks off for that. <laughs> is it a punchline? Debatable. But then that's at that point, I looked at the timer and just went, Shit, how is there still 10 minutes of this episode left? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's a whole routine with the, with the, I'm going to throw the book at you. Don't throw the book. And then they actually throw a book at Roseanne. And I'm like, book throwing jokes? This is where we're at at this point. Like, who sat down and put this into a script and was like, yeah, let's film this. That's what I mean. It's like, this show is usually really sharply written. Right. Like, why are the jokes... If this was kind of a crappy sequence and looked bad, but it still had some really good jokes, it would make more sense that it exists. Yeah, it's like the quality of writing is matching the quality of the sets and the look and the effects. Yeah. So, one thing that is kind of interesting that happens is Crystal goes on trial, and this is one of the times they really get into, like, Crystal's kind of weird dynamic with dan oh yeah which is made all the weirder by the fact that she soon marries dan's dad yeah well it's kind of a basis for it you know in an episode that no one ever saw after it aired (laughs) oh this episode yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) well and it comes up at other times too though like it's 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 part of the show and that was always an interesting thing about roseanne is that dan is sort of this ideal man character which he's an interesting choice for it yeah yeah and i guess it's the implication here is that roseanne knows that she wants dan and maybe that's that's made clear in other episodes but but since she's dreaming it she has to know i guess yeah i don't know (laughs) um so then dan is the character witness oh so then dan they're gonna was it help me out they're gonna (laughs) sentence goes roseanne and then dan magically puts a blue suit on and he's sing. that's after she's found guilty right yes after she's found guilty and the judge literally throws a book at her okay i want to make sure we're all on the same page (laughs) i feel like i didn't see that somehow i think i was just uh, went blind temporarily yeah it's kind of as hard to watch as the life day special it's yeah if it's not how long was that that was like two and a half hours long yeah right? this special. is like 30 minutes but it feels like two and a half hours <laughs> it's pretty it was pretty bad <laughs> so then as though we have not suffered enough <laughs> there's not one but two musical sequences <laughs> one after another that's where i'm like oh shit there's 10 minutes left how's that po- what are they even gonna do 
And, it, and apparently he had to sing for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, John Goodman is a very good singer. The next singer <laughs> will get there. Whew. So, yeah. I mean, he's not a very good singer. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's clearing the bar set by his co-stars in this one. He's like a guy that when he sings in like a movie or in a thing, it's like he's better than you'd think he'd be. And he's such a good performer. Yeah, he sells it. Yeah, he's a good but... performer. You're right. He really sells. It. He's not. But no one's. Yeah, and he's not cutting an album anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not John C. Riley, or even Bruce Willis. <laughs> no, Bruce C. What? Bruce Willis has several albums. Yeah. I know, but Don right. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> my note is. Elaborate, tedious musical sequence about how Dan loves Roseanne. How do I feel about this lady? How do I feel about Roseanne? Frequently my feelings are confused. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Which is not at all abnormal with a woman and a man. Yeah, then it just becomes yeah. everybody loves Roseanne. Yeah. yeah. What is the deal with all the twirling extras? <laughs> Are they jurors? And they're all, they love Roseanne. Why do they love her? Why anything, though, at this point? Uh, I was just watching on YouTube today a clip from Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Oh, the shit, hot. I love that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I had the same thought for that as I did for this, which oh, is shit. like, if you're like a pro dancer and you're hired to be in a sequence like this, are you just like, all right, he, like here's where I'm at right now. <laughs> you know, like what does it it's mean? Up to to living. <laughs> it's a living. Uh, so then, uh, my I was flabbergasted when the musical number builds to the introduction of Roseanne's friend Vonda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So, so the Wanda. the climax of the musical number is. The introduction of Roseanne's friend Vonda, who, who's appeared before and is a recurring character in that she was in five episodes of the show. Yeah. And this is her final appearance on the show. <laughs> oh, shit. They bit, they wrote her off the staircase in the dream sequence, but they kept the chicken shirt. And I'm like, how is this the climax? Like, it just yeah, seems like such an odd choice to build. To like it here's Vonda and everyone's like okay. I think she was the best singer of all of the yeah, cast maybe, members. Maybe that's what it was. So Vonda, I learned uh, the crack research team told me some things, but also backed up some things I know. Is played by Charlene Woodard. Uh, she's the mom in Unbreakable. She's Sam Jackson's mom in Unbreakable. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and. I know that because she has one role in TV that is cemented in my brain. And anytime I see her, I'm like, oh, that's her. And she's Nina in Nina Loves Alex, which is an episode of Taxi. Um, and it's also, she goes by Nina or Nina, her name, as part of her character. Um, and in that episode and this episode of Roseanne, she sings Ain't Misbehavin'. Oh, that's, shit. That's a super weird coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but so that was, I mean, at this point, (laughs) like, whatever about anything that happens. 
They like introduce her as Roseanne's one friend with a happy marriage. Yeah. I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. I can see how she did this episode and they called her and she was just like, I'm, I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think at some point what they like lift Roseanne up and twirl her around and just talk about how much they love her. Yeah. And they have a like, so the whole cast is doing a little like dance number mm-hmm. with her. And uh, I swear I'm not picking on him because he's a little kid. But I felt no, I yeah. felt bad for poor yeah. little Michael Fishman who's trying to like yeah. keep up with the dance moves, but is just like doesn't know what they're doing next until they're doing it, and so then he kind of mimics along with it. And you could just tell that they put zero effort into yeah. like teaching anyone this choreography beyond like, all right, here's what we're gonna do: this, this, and this, and action. Right? Yeah, he totally can't keep up. I noticed that too. <laughs> I have, uh, my notes say, awkward dancing. (laughs) You can tell they hate it. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. It would be really unpleasant to have to do this, I think. And imagine if Roseanne was your boss, and imagine if she was a mean boss, and you had to dance around like, I love her. You imagine, like, (laughs) you're someone, you don't want to dance, and then you have to do it for this episode. But you already know it's shitty. Like, like you don't even feel like this is going to be rewarded with like something yeah. good. Like your hard work or just doing the shitty thing will make something better. You're like, I'm doing something I don't want to do to make something that nobody's going to want to watch. And yeah, that's where you're at right now. It's hard, man. This is just where I'm at right mm-hmm. now. This is not the best reason that I went to dance college. Yeah, exactly. So then when the dance sequence is over, you're like... Whew, okay, we made it through that. And then they're like, we're going to amp this up. <laughs> How much this sucks. <laughs> and then Roseanne sings. Your Honor, I didn't get a chance to render on my own behalf. That's because you can't sing, Roseanne. I can't sing. I can't sing. <laughs> Your Honor, you must be joking. <laughs> Frequently I'm nuts about my children. Frequently I love my husband Dan. But when I get overburdened and I need a little, what's the word I'm looking for? Motion rejuvenescence. I did like how he said that she couldn't sing. The judge said so. Well, was this, this was before the whole. It had to have been before the national anthem. Yeah. Should, I'm going to get the crack research team I'm fairly on. sure that, like... Hey, get over here. Because she was married yeah. to Tom Arnold at the time, I think. They got up to the hijinks together. Yeah. Then Tom Arnold ended up being in this show yeah. about the same thing. I think she's married to Tom Arnold at this point. You think so? I thought this it was This is later. really early on. Well, yeah, but... Because the, the episode where her and Arnie kiss is, like, one or two after this episode. And I'm pretty yeah. sure... Oh, and really? I'm pretty sure they were married at that point. Damn, dude. I could be wrong. Maybe that maybe that was b- before they got, or maybe that's like when they were dating or something. But I feel like the whole re- the, the whole reason they did that episode was like as a giant wink to the audience in terms of like these two people are married in real life and now we're gonna have them kiss on the show. So when did this episode air? It's eighty nine. So this was before. Yeah, yeah. Like a couple. The years crack before, research right? team, uh, not a couple, says the national anthem inc- incident was on July twenty fifth, nineteen ninety. 
Yeah, so it was kind of a heads up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they should have known when they hired her. The national anthem country. was intentionally bad. Yeah. Well, it wasn't at the beginning. Oh, like when she started? Like, she was, I she, mean, that's what she, she said. I don't think so. It. When I see it, it's pretty yeah. much, I feel like she went in there intentionally <laughs> singing the national anthem bad. Oh, uh, because what she said is that she wanted to sing it. And then she started. People started booing her, and then she was like, "Fuck it!" And then she just went uh, for it. I I don't buy that at all. But which might be yeah, the thing uh, you say when you do a terrible rendition yeah. of the national anthem to the point that you get booed and you're trying to save face. All right, I'll watch it again and get back to you. I mean, I sympathize with it because I have good intentions. They've certainly like bungled the karaoke song, but. It seems like she thought she would just be better than she is. It's singing. <laughs> yeah. Which is a karaoke problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to this episode, I'm pretty sure that's that's either not her singing or that's a heavily goose her singing. It sounded she sounds like terrible. Her. It sounded like her, and she's not doing too much tonally. She's just she's leaning on personality, you know, which makes sense. That's how she and Danny DeVito should sing. <laughs> Does cut to, cut to Danny DeVito. What? What did I do? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I love Danny DeVito. He sings, you know, like, I was trying to think. So John Goodman has been in a Disney movie. He's been in Emperor's New Groove. Uh-huh. But I don't think uh-huh. he sang in that. I don't think but so. uh, Danny DeVito was in Hercules, and he yeah. had a song. But he does, oh. he's just like, this is my sing voice. Oh, my God, you guys, Danny DeVito just joined our podcast. Oh, shit. Is he pissed? um yeah (laughs) and then it ends well um yeah so there's more dancing and it's just yeah just because i had enough of it they're like oh we still have like four more minutes here we need more singing and dancing (laughs) yeah i don't even remember it anymore it was just and so then then she wakes up and then all the kids come in like are you done with your bath we need this help and this and i thought maybe there'd be like a joke about the irony of her falling asleep and dreaming about having a bath and thus wasting her opportunity to actually take a bath but then right she goes to take a bath anyway even though the kids need her for something she's like screw you all i'm taking a bath which just means no lessons was were learned at all i think right and she does like say that she's disappointed that her family isn't dead yeah <laughs> yeah I like how when DJ comes in, he's just like, will you make me a sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) And he's old enough to get his own sandwich at that point, right? I mean, come on, make your own sandwich, kid. Come on, Ryan. You're telling me that if you had someone you could go up to and be like, make me a sandwich, you wouldn't just do it every opportunity you could. Well, I don't have anyone like that, Austin. I know. Same. (laughs) Way to rub it in. Reminding me. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it's hard. So but close I would. to being done, guys. Stone so cold. So yeah, that's it. And then the best part of the whole episode is in the end credits. There's like <laughs> a bunch out- of outtakes of Jackie throwing her handcuffs yeah. to the muscle guy. This that was, was a awesome. little uncomfortable <laughs> so for first me. They go. The scene ends, and like Roseanne's in front of her bath towel, and it's got flowers on it. And then they, like, zoom into that, and then they repeat the shot of the Busby Berkeley aerial above where Roseanne is getting zoomed in on her face. And everyone's like, we love her! 
So, oh, that was hard to see. Yeah, that was just like a really trippy ending to break their universe again and give us a shot again. Like, that seems to be this universe that Roseanne is the center of the world. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't yeah. that big of a surprise when she was a Trump supporter? But then... I don't know. Yeah. I was pretty surprised. I mean, I was, but I wasn't, you know. But then, yeah, they did the outtakes, which was just the muscular guy failing to catch the handcuffs like yeah. eight times in a row and it was really uncomfortable because no one was laughing about it or seemed amused <laughs> and, it, and, and in fact Roseanne seemed very not amused by the fact that this it's guy true. couldn't accomplish his task and I was just feeling bad for him and bad and part of me is like can't you just edit the throw where he has it she throws it and then he adds it in his hand and he doesn't actually have to complete the catch but I don't know. right he signed up as a muscle hunt yeah. not a handcuff catcher exactly <laughs> the whole thing just may have been like is he like gonna get like fired and never be able to work in hollywood again after roseanne has his way <laughs> she might i bet she destroyed him <laughs> <laughs> She's like, when I wanted a muscle hunk, <laughs> I specified that I wanted him to catch handcuffs. <laughs> a professional muscle hunk should be able to catch handcuffs. I know. I think yeah, that's a fair yeah. expectation. Still, it just got it, it got uncomfortable for me. I'll put it that way, where you could sure. feel this Roseanne, tension. Roseanne, like, said, I'm done. Yeah. And, like, left. Yeah, and she wasn't mad. smiling or laughing about it or anything. She's just like. No this guy's a fucker who can't catch handcuffs. I'm pissed. <laughs> you, you can see the muscle hunk is kind of like, oh, shit. I know. Like, <laughs> he's like, ooh. I guess I want to point out, too, we didn't maybe. There's a point in the courtroom where the muscle hunks were like hunky bailiffs. So they had like um, police badges of justice on their nude pectorals, mm. just like free floating there. Good job, uh-huh. muscle hunk. Yeah, do you think they're actually like pinned through their skin? That'd be. Yeah. Stabbed into their muscles. So one last thing I'll say is that Roseanne did, I feel like, kind of revolutionize the post credit sequence among TV shows. Because they would do really good bits sometimes, or sometimes they'd have outtakes. And then as it went on, especially, there were sometimes really, like, pivotal uh, plot points in the end credits. Huh. And, like, real, like, shockers or, like, uh, things that would make you really feel like you needed to watch it the next week. Like, it's like the original post credit scene or something. Yeah, well, they would, they started to realize that, like, every every minute of airtime was precious in some mm-hmm. respects. And so they'd get an episode where they had more story than they had. More story airtime. than this? Impossible. Yeah, yeah right? They had more... <laughs> You know, so they're basically just trying to use every second of their airtime. So instead of just using the what plays under the opening credits for a gag or an outtake or whatever, they're like, let's actually write the story into this time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a cool thing. But this episode doesn't do that. This episode yeah. just has outtakes. You just see that muscle man get uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. An outtake where nobody laughs at all. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. Stone cold. So do you think that they posted that at the end not to be funny, but to be like, fuck you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to be, to be fair, David, nobody was laughing at all of those Saved by the Bell, the college years outtakes. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Who cast was laughing. That? It's just no one was laughing with the cast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
So, do you think they're just shaming this muscle hunk yeah, with these post credits? Trying, and just like, look at him, fuck up. You're trying to show over. other shows that you can't trust this muscle hunk with catching <laughs> objects. Those muscle hunks are gonna come out so sad that they're gonna go need to see Big Mike, yeah. and he's gonna dandle them on his knee because he's much bigger. I did love that one of the muscle hunks clearly had like an '80s perm. Yeah. yeah. Like not quite a mullet, but just the sort of like poofy curly hair. <laughs> I want them to be in every series we watch. <laughs> they could just be there. Were, that would be great. They were building a uh, add-on addition to Pee Wee's Playhouse. So. Oh, <laughs> That's <yeah>. right. <laughs> oh yeah, those muscle. Maybe that should, maybe that should be our summer theme. <laughs> Four episodes of featuring the muscle hunts. I'm really into that theme. You <laughs> I like this term a lot. Muscle hunts. <laughs> Oh, so we all got some joy out of this episode. So how much did you guys like it? <laughs> On a Likes scale from a 1 to 10? Word. Like is a word that exists in this language. <laughs> What'd you think of the episode, guys? I still think it may be one of the, the worst episodes of TV I've ever seen. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, like... I, I really put it on the same level as, like, that Saturday morning special thing. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It, and... That was great, though. And and that... <laughs> well, and that almost gets a pass because it's, like, a yeah. dopey one-off marketing thing, whereas, like, this is uh, the eighth episode of the second season of a ten-season show that's, <laughs> at least at one point in time, relatively critically acclaimed, and, like... This was a thing that a group of people sat down and were like, yeah, let's do this. This is great. And then when they had the finished product, they were like, also still worth putting on TV. Let's do it. At least once. At least once. Yeah. So that that almost makes it worse than the like schlocky, you know, marketing stuff that's of the same quality. Well, yeah, I thought that the point of this run was we were going to do, like, anomalously bad episodes. Oh, you like... knocked it out of the park, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is definitely the one I thought of. I mean, I know this show is how I know this one. I just thought of it because I was like, oh, yeah, that one sucks. Did you, like, see it when you had the DVDs or something? And were you no, like, like, what I said, the fuck is happening? Because I felt I, so strange this whole viewing experience. I just used to watch this show in syndication, like, every day for years. So you did so, just manage to see it in syndication. Yeah, I'd seen it, like, a couple of times. And I think I had never seen it in its, in, in its entirety, maybe. Like, <laughs> I don't think I ever sat through it. But I think I watched it the Roseanne series enough that I've probably seen it in parts like over three viewings or something. Wow. Yeah. It was really slow in one city. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that, that our, our, our summer marathon is a contest, but <laughs> bar, I mean, we'll see what, we'll see what Carolyn and David come up with next, but you got a clear lead. If this were a contest, <laughs> Ryan, it's a limbo. And how low can you go? <laughs> limbo. <laughs> Yeah, my show, good segue when we get there pretty soon, uh, is going to be pretty good. It's one of my favorite shows. I won't spoil yeah. too much more about it, but I definitely think it's better than this show was tonight. Oh, Whoa. sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's just no way that this series could ever do anything this bad. They'd really have to try. Yeah, uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> and after I watched yeah. it, I was like, how are we going to discuss this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> 
is the best part, which is going off track, because this is one of those in-between-the-realities-of-an-episode in a series, and I always appreciate that stupid thing where, like, Austin's school special, they do go to, like, we're in the roadway between shows, or we're just in the fucking mirror doing twirling dances. Well, it's interesting. I, I feel like that should be the tagline for our show. <laughs> How do we discuss this show? Very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> a very special episode. That's like the that's the pull quote on our uh, yeah. yeah our DVD box set. Yeah. Connect us on LinkedIn. I, now, even when done well, I always have an aversion to like dream episodes or like alternate reality episode where where there's no stakes, nothing happens, and I I don't care what happens to anybody because it's not real in the universe of the show. And so, given that you're already behind the eight ball with me on an episode like this, and then to like have nothing of substance or anything happen to just to be so boring like i don't know there's no jokes land there's a 10 minute musical sequence that sucks i don't know like there's like no redeeming yeah. quality whatsoever no not yeah, exactly. exactly i can't think of anything that would is worth seeing in this only those to muscle, see how those muscle hunks is. yeah those muscle hunks <laughs> Green light. Every series needs a pair of freaking muscle hunks that you can yell at. You guys, I have an important question. Yeah. If nothing else, we must resolve this by the end of the episode to get something out of it. Is muscle hunks one or two words? Ooh. Two. Yeah, I was picturing it in two? my head as two words. Muscle hunks. Yeah, you could hyphenate it. Yeah. Muscle I'm going to write it hunks. with a Z instead of an S, too. Well, like... That's- like how else would you write it? Yeah. <laughs> so M U Z C L E H U N. Muzzle hunks. You don't put the Muzzle. Z in the middle of the word. It's always at the end. I'm gonna do it that way too now, and then instead of like K, I'm gonna do X X X. But with the hunks. with a hyphen like Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. With Muscle hunks. Muscle hunks. Muscle hunks. <laughs> I like it. Muscles. All right. Well, do we have anything else to say about this? All right, peace, Steve Ditko. I want to talk about muscle hunks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Who? Steve Ditko. You brought up Spider Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's sad. I was. I mean, he had a good run. Yeah. Like, I, I, know. Got, I mean, it's always one of those where you're like, that's sad because someone died, but at the same time, he's ninety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was like his life was cut tragically short, but it's yeah. still sad. Should we dedicate this? To <laughs> I want to dedicate it to the muscle hunks. I think I think Steve Ditko would appreciate it if we dedicated it to the muscle hunks. Can we do Steve Ditko slash muscle hunks? No, Steve Ditko is awesome though, and I'm sad he's dead too. Yeah, yeah. yeah great, great, great run. May, may he yeah, be he in was... in the afterlife with many, many muscle hunks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope his feet are being anointed with oils by muscle hunks <laughs> in heaven. No, he's, just, he's drawing the muscle hunks. He's just up there. Yeah. And they're rubbing his shoulders while he draws yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. He's like, did I ever tell you about Speedball the Masked Marvel? <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. Yeah. We'll just wrap it up. So, uh, 
David, where can I find you online? Uh, you can find me thinking about how to ironically kill all my podcast mates at uh, <laughs> Dr. Bits on Twitter. That's Dr. spelled out and at therealgentlemanofleasure.com. And uh, Carolyn okay. Maine. Uh, you can find, when I'm not muscling hunks, you can find me at muscle.hunksnet. That's right. spelled with several Z's and X's. Um, no, let's see, I have another podcast that is very fun that is called Pitch Please, where we pitch movies based on illustrated cards, and you can see it live in Portland, and you can buy the card deck for yourself on Amazon or pitchplease.fun, parentheses muscle honks. So it's M-U-Z-C-L-E <laughs> hyphen H-U-N-K-S, right? No, no. H-U-N-K-Z. X-X-X at the end. Hunks. X-X-X. Ooh, that's yeah. smart. H-U-N-X-X-X. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting better by the second. When you write it out, um, no one's even going to know. Like Ryan, <laughs> nothing <laughs> about this is smart. <laughs> No, yeah, but I like the M U Z C L E muzzle hunks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in bubble letters or like a chrome. You really have to. Hunks. Uh, and you can also, listeners, find me on a different podcast. I just did a recent episode of Spec Script, and those are both on the River City Podcast Federation, like this show. Oh, uh, yeah. Austin Gordon, where may I find you? Uh, <laughs> can come talk to me about muzzle hunks on twitter <laughs> at austin gorton and uh you can read my writing at the real gentleman of com. all right and if you're looking for muzzle hunks, <laughs> don't bother looking up my shit um you'll be disappointed uh i your host this week ryan alexander tanner i got a website it's oh yes very nice where it's full of drawings and stuff and that's also my instagram and all the fucking social medias as for the show i know you love it because you're listening to it right now you got all the way to the end good job you did you made it (laughs) it's a real slog this one we are a very special episode you can Look up our internet website at a very special episode podcast.com where you can stream every single episode of our entire series. Uh, Facebook.com slash AVSE pod is our Facebook page. You can follow us. We have good discussions on there. You can tell us about how upset you are about our left wing leanings. <laughs> Seems like yeah, about one activity. out of every three episodes, we lose <laughs> a Republican listener. And every time we're like, how do we have a Republican? (laughs) (laughs) How are they all still here? How did it happen? Twitter at AVSE pod. And you can send us an email at AVSE podcast at gmail.com. And we'll read it. And we'll probably read it on the show. Huh? We're not, we're not very picky about what we'll read, which emails we'll read on the show. (laughs) Yeah, no, just, you know, send us an email. We'll read it. (laughs) We've read, We've read both emails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can download us on iTunes, and you should rate and review us with a five-star rating. Mm-hmm. Also, this is true of Podbean, Google Play, and Stitcher. We're all the places you want to be. Yeah. So we got two more episodes. Carol's up next, and then David oh, yeah. in our bad episode of A Good Show series do you want to say what it is no Carol? don't say what it is 
Oh, keep it's a the surprise? surprise. I will just say again, it's one of my favorite series ever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we were recording, well, we'll get there. But I was like, some of these people on my podcast need to see what a good show is. So we're going to go there. It's still going to be kind of bad. By showing us a bad episode. <laughs> it's going to be much better than anything we've probably ever put in the can. Or at least anything I've inserted into the can. So look forward to that. Yeah, it's one of my very favorite shows yeah. also. Like, me and you have both been kind of trying to figure out a way to get this on there for it's a while. It's only time. I'm excited. So and then David hasn't told anyone what he's going to do, so we don't he know He doesn't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> so maybe send David some suggestions, even. Yeah. And some muscle hunks. You'll save him... You'll save him three minutes on Google <laughs> if you send him a suggestion. And send him hunks, yes, of course. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good muscle hunk? When, the, when this goes up, we will not have yet recorded David's episode, so uh, suggestions would still be valid. David, are you afraid that you could only get yourself an out-of-work muscle hunk? <laughs> One who could not catch the handcuffs? That's my biggest fear. I need a muscle hunk who can catch things. Yeah, you don't want just any muscle hunk. Yeah, you know, you gotta be a little picky about your muscle hunks. Muscle hunks. Alright, that's all. Good game, good game. I'm not gonna dignify any of this with even a good With a a clever (laughs) sign-off. Fuck it. Yeah, that was this ABC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTB. Was it Austin G, Dr. DB, RAT, or the C What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, because we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode mentioned that Roseanne's friend Crystal showed up and really wanted to bang Dan. Oh, you were... Except when we did mention oh, I, Except I, when we oh, did sorry. when you had your quiet step out. Okay, well, <laughs> snip, snip. <laughs> Do you want to add anything to it? Um, 